So here's some breaking news. I am kind of an idiot. A lot of you guys are shaking your heads saying that's not much breaking news. We already knew that. So at the time of this recording, which is Monday night, I thought it was Tuesday night. Therefore, of course, I was doing Twitter Tuesday, which you're going to get into here in just a couple moments. But that didn't phase me. It was I thought the Tennessee-Arizona basketball game was coming up on Wednesday night. So in segment three of the show, I'm going to refer to Tennessee and Arizona playing tonight all the time. Look the other way. Pay no attention to it. Just know it's the end of the season. I'm off for my normal job, the radio job, so my days are all mixed up. I do apologize, but it stands the same. You're going to get a preview of Tennessee and Arizona in segment three. Just know that that game's coming up on Wednesday because I am a total idiot. But Twitter Tuesday will highlight the show that's coming up right now here on a Tuesday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. It's your team every single day in Locked On Vols. It's available five days a week, completely free, and on every single platform. I'm your host, Eric Kane. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. And today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Today is Twitter Tuesday, segments one and two. We're going to answer your questions. It's when you take over the show. And then in segment three, we'll give you a little bit of a preview of what's to come for Tennessee and Arizona. That will be coming up uh, tomorrow at seven o'clock. That is a huge matchup at TBA uh, against number 17, Tennessee and the sixth ranked Wildcats of Arizona. So without further ado, again, I want to thank everybody for participating with Twitter Tuesday, but let's go ahead and get into it. This is Locked on Vols Twitter Tuesday. So we're going to start off with JR. JR chimes in and says, uh, I have a recruiting question. Out of the remaining recruits, who do you hope signs with Tennessee on National Signing Day? Well, uh, again, the and we'll talk more about this later with uh, with another question coming in. But with the er, with the National Signing Day in February, so the early signing day is over with and, and done. Uh, but with the February signing period, I truly believe it's going to be very anticlimactic, and there might be a guy that signs, there might be two. Uh, Tennessee took junior college offensive tackle Jeremiah Crawford last February with Josh Heupel. That was after he got announced as head coach, and he came in and he he signed one guy in that class. But really, it's just about the transfer portal, right? You've got at least five spots, probably two more to 27 right now, and that number can change to where you can bring in guys via the transfer portal. And I think that is where Tennessee is going to really, uh, you know, really, you know, be motivated to go and try to find some players. Now, this can change. There can be new names that pop up, you know, week by week. It is a, I mean, it really is typically a week by week thing, right? So names I'm mentioning now could could be obsolete by the time we get to February, and someone we're not even talking about right now, you know, might jump up and Tennessee signed them. Uh, two years ago, Jeremy Pruitt signed Dee Beckwith in February. So it just kind of goes to show you how things can change. But uh, Ahmad Moten is a defensive tackle, and he is a guy that Tennessee likes. He's a guy that Tennessee uh, ha- or th- that has not signed yet. Uh, he's a big defensive tackle, standing at about six foot four, 290 pounds. He's a four-star. Uh, he is from Cardinal Gibbons, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, he is ranked as the 45th. 45th prospect in the states uh, per rival. So he is a guy that Tennessee has a lot of interest in and uh, could be a guy that will visit in January likely 
but will uh, could be a guy that Tennessee signs in uh, February if available. So he's the guy I'll mention right now. But again, it's transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. And I'll throw some names out to you guys later on at another question about who Tennessee could be targeting. So uh, next up, we will go to Hole in the Roof. Hitter94 does an awesome job sending us in questions every single uh, Twitter Tuesday. Uh, Josephs and Pierce, break them down for me. Do they play the same position? Can they get on the field at the same time? And who do you think makes the earliest impacts? Well, uh, first off, they do play the same position. Um they could get on the field at the same time. I still think that's something Tennessee would like to do, but couldn't really do it much with uh, with Byron Young and and um, and Tyler Barron this year, simply because you only had three Leos altogether. Leo is that outside linebacker, defensive end spot. Um, Roman Harrison was the third, but outside of those three, nobody else played that position. So these two guys are that position. Okay, um, so. Pierce and Josephs. Pierce stands in at about six foot three, six foot five, two twenty. Uh, Joseph stands in at about six foot three, two hundred and five pounds. So, um, Josephs, or excuse me, Pierce, in my opinion, could make an earlier impact. I think he's more game ready. Um, he's a higher rated prospect uh, than Josephs. That doesn't mean much. I'm just saying he's he's more game ready. He's bigger already. Josephs is only about two hundred and five pounds, but. Uh, trust me, Tennessee likes both of these guys, and Tennessee wants both of these guys to play. Pierce is long. Pierce is really, really long off the edge and uses that length to his ability. Josephs, though he's six foot three, he's not short. He's more powerful, in my opinion, and, and kind of is more disruptive in the backfield. So Tennessee likes both of these guys. I think they can both make an early impact, and we'll have to see. Potentially, if you add those two guys in the mix with the three that are already there, maybe you'll see more. Uh, you know, four not formations, more packages with two Leos on the field at the same time. Young and Barron, Young and Pierce, Young and Josephs, whoever the case may be, Barron and Pierce, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, we'll have to see if that can be the case. But that is a really, really good question. And that is from Hole in the Roof Hitter 94. Uh, we'll move on now to Austin. Austin asks, let's see here. Let me let me pull this up here. Austin wants to know. Uh, give me the names of two or three kids that just signed that intrigue you the most. Is there someone you think may outperform their ranking? I think there's a lot of guys that could outperform their rankings here uh, in this class for Tennessee. Um, you just go down to the to the lowest you know ranked players. Uh, Jordan Thomas is a a big safety. Um, I, I think that he's a guy that could really outperform his ranking. Masai Reddick is an offensive lineman that is not highly ranked. I think down the line he could be a guy. But really, Brian Grant's the guy. He's a three star. Offensive lineman, six foot eight, two seventy. He is brand new to football. You teach him and teach him how to use his body in football. He could be a guy that could really, really reap some rewards down the line for Tennessee. But as far as the guys that really intrigue me the most, I will start off with Caleb Perry, outside linebacker. He will play inside linebacker at Tennessee, likely six foot three, two fifteen. He's a three star. He's a guy that played every position on the field: defensive back, running back, quarterback, defensive end, safety, cornerback. He punted. He played everything but interior offensive line and interior defensive line. So, Caleb Perry is an athlete, and he is going to be in a position to need, which is linebacker. Uh, for the University of Tennessee, so he intrigues me a lot. Desmond Williams. Desmond Williams is a defensive back. Tennessee signed him from East Central Community College uh, from the JUCO ranks, and he is a ball hawk. Okay, He's a guy that led the nation in JUCO with seven interceptions, and he is also an explosive punt and kick returner. Can that translate over to the SEC? I'm intrigued by that because I think Desmond Williams could be a, a diamond uh, in the rough that Tennessee got out. And Caleb Webb, wide receiver. He's a four-star. He's highly rated. Tennessee held off Michigan uh, to bring him in. But he is long. 
Uh, he is explosive on the outside. I think if you add 10 more pounds to him, he could really turn into a fine receiver uh, in this system. Really kind of like a Cedric Tillman type guy on the outside. Um, intrigued to see how Caleb Till or excuse me, Caleb Webb. Uh, projects down the line moving forward. So awesome, good questions. Those are some of the guys that intrigue me the most. And lastly, here in segment number one, we will go to Always the Volen. Again, love that handle. Uh, he chimes in. Have you seen anything from Tennessee so far that you consider elite? If there are, if there are anything close, and if that needs to be corrected and proved on for you to consider elite. Secondly, with this new recruiting class, do you see any areas that may take a big step in that direction? So, you know, wide receiver play was really good this past year. Tennessee signed four wide receivers that I like, two speedster and two speedsters really, and Marquarius White, Squirrel, and Charles Nimrod, two other guys, and Cameron Miller and Caleb Webb, who are a little bit more dynamic. Um, I like those. As far as is there anything elite right now, I would say obviously the way Tennessee runs tempo, no one else does it in the country. Ole Miss is close, but no one else does it in the country. And Jeff Levy just left to go to Oklahoma. Jeff Levy was a disciple of Josh Heupel, mind you. So I would say the tempo is elite. The schematics and the way that Josh Heupel gets guys opened, I would consider as elite. That's just being a good coach, right? I really don't think that the X's and O's are that complicated in this offense. But I think Josh Heupel sees mismatches, spreads the field out, sends guys in motion, and has a great way of getting guys open. And the blocking schemes are really, really good. So I would consider that elite. Some things that are close but need a little bit of work, and then they could be maybe in that elite category. Line of scrimmage play. I'll say more on the offensive end. Um, a lot of offensive talk because I think you're closer to elite status offensively than you than you are defensively for sure. Um, offensively, you ran block very, very well. You know, average over 200 yards rushing a game. That is awesome, especially with the patchwork guys you did in there. That left guard was a revolving door all season long. Uh, you give up way too many sacks. So many sacks. I know Hidden Hooker's a mobile guy, and so sometimes it's on him, but that offensive line has got to improve uh, to, uh, you know, in pass protection to be considered elite. And then the quarterback play. I think Hendon Hooker's close. I mean, he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire country. Uh, he does not turn the football over. He makes smart decisions. He hits open receivers. He puts the ball, you know, in tight windows. I think Hendon Hooker is close as well to being elite. What would take him over the top would be to show up in big games. He didn't really show up. He had an off day against Georgia. Um, and again, just keeping Tennessee more consistent on offense. You can't have those three and ounce to take a minute 12 off the clock. And so uh, I would say Hendon Hooker is elite there. All right, guys, great first round of questions. We'll hit Twitter Tuesday uh, when we return for segment two as well. But before we get into that, I want to remind you about NetSuite, okay? This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated uh, financing software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses have increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and for the new year, NetSuite, is, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade. That's at netsuite.com locked. Head on over to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for powering your growth. That's netsuite.com slash locked. 
More Twitter Tuesday coming up here on Locked On Vols. But first, thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen every single day. And make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. It's where local experts, betting advice, draft analysis, all that and more. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview. It begins this Friday. It's the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. I'm Eric Kane, your host of Locked On Vols. We'll go ahead and jump into some more Twitter Tuesday questions. Uh, Jordan Estrada chimes in. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hey, Jordan, you as well, my friend. You and to yours. Uh, with many of the bigger name quarterback transfers finding their next ne- next destination, reading is hard, where do you think we would be looking? Also, do you see us adding any more offensive transfers? I would think O-line and quarterback. All right, so Jason Verse is is the name, or not? I don't think that the Verse is the or the Jason is his first name, but uh, nonetheless, Verse is a guy that Tennessee is is hard after. I think his name is Jordan Verse. Uh, he is from Albany University. Uh, he is looking to transfer up, and he had 11 sacks this past season. He was just uh, really just phenomenal. Um, and you know, he's a guy that Tennessee really really likes. He's he's a big guy. He came on a, a, a visit, an official visit over the weekend, right before signing day. Uh, he is like likely to take more visits in the month of January when the dead period is up. And again, remember, guys, with transfers, all they have to do is just show up. Okay, they don't have to. Uh, Jared versus his name. Gosh, I was looking for it the whole time. I couldn't. I couldn't uh, move on until I knew that name. Jared verse. Um, with transfers, they just have to show up and go to class and show up before you know class is started, right? So you know Tennessee will announce it likely whenever they get transfers via the transfer portal, but it's not like this big signing day situation. So Jared versus the the number one target on the board. He is a guy that would play that outside rush position as well. He's a bigger guy. Um, he's got some versatility as well, but he's priority numero uno for the University of Tennessee. Um, others, I would think that if you know, depending on what Cade Mays does, and I would I would handicap Cade Mays at you know uh, minus one twenty five to the NFL right now is how I would do it. But until it's official with him, um, you know, if if he goes, maybe you look at an offensive tackle. A wide receiver, I still think, is a guy that, you know, like a Javante Payton type guy that can come in and maybe not have the immediate impact and like that he did with six touchdowns this year, but a guy that's a wide receiver that can come in and play right away because you're losing two. And, and I like the, the wideouts that Tennessee brought in in this class, but a lot of growth and development there, just like with anybody else. And can you expect Jalen Hyatt or Mel Keaton or Jimmy Calloway or Jimmy Holiday to take that big step that's needed to fill in the gaps of Valus and Javante Payton. I don't know. Uh, maybe one of them. Um, maybe a combination of those guys can can duplicate that production. We'll have to see. But I would look at wide receivers. So maybe off the tackle, wide receiver, a defensive line for sure. Tennessee still needs help at defensive line because you're losing three impactful players in Matthew Butler, Caleb Tremblay, and, ja- and Jaquan Blakely. Uh, so defensive line for sure, linebacker without a doubt. You got to go out and get another linebacker. You've got to go get another linebacker for sure, and maybe safety. You know, maybe safety. Trayvon Flowers still. What's he going to do for sure? It kind of seems like he might be coming back, but still, Tennessee wasn't great at that position uh, this year at the safety position with McCullough and with Trayvon Flowers. You did add Jordan Thomas, who I think is going to be a nice player, but again, freshman. You need development. You need reps, reps, reps. So. Uh, we will see. I think Christian Charles will fit in there at safety as well this this next season. He was hurt a lot last year. I think if he was healthy, then you could have saw him uh, play a whole lot more. So uh, those are some of those names that I would say right now. Uh, Levi. Levi wants to know, earlier this recruiting class, Tyree West was a five-star. Is there a specific reason he dropped throughout the season? 
Now, Levi, it, it just kind of depends. He was a ranked five-star by one publication. I believe that was Rivals, dropped him down to a four-star. They just evaluate kind of as the uh, as the season goes on. And to my knowledge, I don't think there's any one specific reason uh, why he was you know dropped from a five-star to a four-star. He's still a top 100 player in the country, which is really, really good. Um, he's still a guy that's that 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 is big, that is that is game type ready. I mean, he's got some more polishing to do. Don't get me wrong, uh, but he you know stands at six foot four, two eighty. He can move. He's strong. If you look at his tape, he is so strong. He's one of the top players in the country. Uh, and, and so I know Georgia. He was not going to be a part of Georgia's you know signing day plans. He was a longtime Georgia commit. Uh, so maybe the fact that Georgia didn't want him anymore. Maybe that was something, or maybe Georgia just didn't have room for him, but Tennessee was lucky to be there. Tennessee was happy to take him. Florida State wanted him as well. I wouldn't read into that too much. I think Tennessee is just A-OK with what they're getting out of Tyree West. Uh, Levi, good question. We'll move on to Brennan. Brennan wants to know, if I can find Brennan. Brennan coming once, Brennan coming twice. Can't find him. We'll just go off my notes here. Um, What is, so with Navy Shuler walking on essentially, uh, what is the benefits and cons from walking on versus scholarship quarterbacks? So, or scholarship, um, you know, being on scholarship. Well, with Navy Shuler's case, um, he is a quarterback that obviously has that last name with the University of Tennessee. He's Shuler. Everything that he accomplished here at the University of Tennessee, um, this is just kind of home for him. And so he wanted to be here. Um, you know, and he, I don't think he's a bad player. I mean, his high school tape is incredible. He can sling it around. He's got good arm strength. We'll see what happens, but he will walk on here with the opportunity to go in there and compete, right? And, you know, it's Hendon Hooker's job uh, here in year one. But after that, Tennessee's going to be looking for a starting quarterback. It'll be Taven Jackson against, if Joe Milton's still here, Joe Milton. Maybe Navy Shuler can get some run in there. We'll have to see. But, you know, for Navy, he just wanted to be here. It just made sense. You know, for everybody else, it just kind of depends, man. It just kind of, you know, do you, you know, preferred walk-on, you'll have a spot here for, for training camp. You'll have a spot here for fall camp. Uh, do you have family close by? You just kind of have to weigh the pros and the cons of everybody else. Plus, you know those guys that choose to walk on, you know, from a financial situation and their home life, it's probably okay. You can probably afford to do it. Um, a lot of times, you can't afford to do it. Your only ticket into school and your only ticket for football uh, is via the scholarship, and uh, you got to take it. And so, if you're in a walk-on situation, a lot of times, yeah, you're not as talented as the guys on scholarship. I get that, but also you might have more benefits working in your favor to make it work. And so that's just kind of my synopsis on it. But really with Navy Shuler, it was he wanted to be here. Tennessee is home for him. And Josh Heupel said, hey, come on. By the way, Josh Heupel recruited him to UCF out of high school. Uh, so they do have a, pre- a pre-existing uh, relationships. All right, so last one. We will go to Jason. Jason, who is being more petty, Rick Barnes or Penny Hardaway? <laughs> oh, man. I don't have much time to get into this, guys, but I think from my comments yesterday, I think from the comments that have kind of gone on the last couple of years, I would certainly say it's Penny Hardaway. And now, I'm not saying it's it's not Penny Hardaway's fault that you know some of his team members contracted COVID and couldn't play. I mean, that happens. That's in sports in, tw- in 2021. Um, I, you know, my beef with the whole rant yesterday was Penny Hardaway straight up lying about the vaccination status of, of his team saying that he didn't really pay attention to it moving forward. You can't can't be a head coach of a program and, and, and not pay attention to something like this right now. But that's all beside the point. But him going to the media saying, oh, man, we, we want to play Tennessee still. We got to make it work. I'll play back-to-back days. I'll play two games in three days if I have to. Oh, we got to make it work. It's for the fans, really. It's for the fans. The fans deserve it. I mean, you know what he's doing, right? He's trying to pin this and make Rick Barnes look bad. Rick Barnes is flat out just tired of Penny Hardaway. 
Rick Barnes is tired of Memphis right now. He's washing his hands clean of it, and he's moving on. You know, you got Arizona tonight. You've got Alabama next week. Okay, Tennessee has an SEC schedule coming up, and kind of like what Rick Barnes said in his media availability on on Tuesday or on Monday, it's you can't take the chance of playing a team that might give you COVID, and that's that's nothing against these individual men. It's just the fact that once you get rolling, you get one positive case. Look at look at uh look at Memphis. You, you contact tracing, you could be down some guys. Now the majority of Tennessee's team is vaccinated. But that doesn't mean that they still wouldn't be knocked out via contact tracing. So it just kind of is what it is. You look back at the, uh, you look back at the the years leading up to this. Which head coach said, "Well, this is gonna be easy giveaway." It was Penny Hardaway that said when asking a media availability. In a media availability, was asked Rick Barnes, blank that guy, F U C K that guy, right? I mean, <laughs> what? That was just a couple years ago. So it's absolutely Penny Hardaway. He is petty. Penny Hardaway is trying to make it all about himself. He's trying to push off any blame in this whole entire series the last four years towards Tennessee and Rick Barnes. It's always been Penny. And I do want to point out, though, the next year in 2019 going into 2020, um, it was Penny Hardaway that apologized, said that he acted out of place, said he has the utmost, utmost respect for Rick Barnes. So that was good to see. But overall, this whole thing in terms of the petty meter, it's 100% pointed towards, all levels pointing towards a Penny Hardaway. Rick Barnes is just like, yo, I got a team to coach. I got a season to coach. I got bigger fish to fry. I'm moving on, and I'm just tired of it. And essentially, can you blame him? No, you cannot. All right. Twitter Tuesday is in the books. Great job, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, just as you do each and every Tuesday for Twitter Tuesday with your comments, your concerns. Always at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Vols. Uh, we will get into a preview of the number six team in all the land. That is Arizona tomorrow night at TBA, Tennessee against the Wildcats. That's coming up here in just a moment. But it is Prize Picks, the leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world, and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid majors. Some of these players you haven't even heard of yet. But PricePix offers any prop you can possibly think of. In basketball, you can play the points, the rebounds, the assists, the threes made, and a whole lot more. And all new users that deposit and use the promo code Locked On, you're going to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's Locked On. That's the promo code for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, all right? PricePix allows mixed sports entries as well. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PricePix, it's safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, or go to the App Store and download the app today. PricePix, it's daily fantasy made easy. So Tennessee and Memphis, it didn't happen this past weekend, but the Volunteers, after an eight-day layoff, will play host to number six, Arizona. That's coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, televised on ESPN2, and of course heard live on the Vol Radio Network via the Sports Animal and WIVK right here in the Knoxville market. I'm Eric Kane here, segment number three of a Twitter Tuesday show. We're out of Twitter Tuesday now. We're getting into a preview for Tennessee and Arizona. And this is a big-time matchup, okay? It's that stretch to where you were going from Memphis, which, again, didn't happen. That was a neutral site. Home against Arizona, and then on the road at Alabama. It's a stretch for Tennessee where you play, like, you know, ten, you know, out of the next 10 games, six or something of which are coming in, like, uh, the Kim Palm rankings, top 10 or whatever. I, 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 don't, I don't really know how to explain it. Let's see here. It is... 
It's a four-game stretch that features three opponents in the top 25 of both the net and the Ken Palm rankings. Tennessee's schedule uh, from Arizona game through January includes six games against AP top 25 teams. So Arizona coming into Knoxville tomorrow night, number six in the AP poll. That's the number by their that's the number ranking by their name. Number one in the net rankings and number seven in Ken Palm. Alabama coming up at the end of the month, number 10 in the AP poll, number 24 in the net rankings, number 17 in Ken Palm. Ole Miss is not a very good showing, or Ole Miss is not a very good team. Uh, it's not even ranked. It's 118 in the net rankings, 91st in Ken Palm. But then you're at LSU. That is the 17th ranked team right now, third in the net rankings, and 10th in Ken Palm. So a lot going on here for Tennessee. You thought that tough stretch would start Saturday at the neutral side against Memphis, uh, but it will actually begin here at home tonight against Arizona. All right, so about Arizona. Arizona is 11-0 and on the season. If you look at your ESPN app and the matchup predictor, it's actually given Tennessee a 68.9% chance of victory. I think that's a little steep, but certainly the Volunteers will have every chance to win this basketball game. It's 11-0 Arizona against 8-2 Tennessee. Um, you look at the schedule for um, Arizona, of course, it, it's undefeated, but it's one against the likes of, let's see, Wichita State, uh, number four Michigan at the time. It's one against Oregon State, who put Tennessee out in the tournament last year. It's one against Illinois. Um, it, it's, it's really clobbered teams as well. I mean, you look at you look up and down the, 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 the scoreboard of the schedule, and it's you know 11 wins. They come by an average. Here's the note. It's come by an average of 28.2 points per game. That is really, really good. Uh, Arizona's only played two games that finished within single digits, a four-point neutral site win over Wichita State and a four-point road win over Illinois. Uh, so that is that is incredible when you think about it. Of course, is is the slate as tough as Tennessee's? No, it's not, nor will it be likely uh, you know, until it gets it plays some of that that top shelf talent in the in the, uh, the Pac-12, but um, it's it's been really really impressive so far. Um, here's what you need to know about Arizona. It's got two projected picks. One is a projected first round pick. He is a freshman guard, and these guys are foreigners, so please excuse me while I try to say their names correctly. Uh, Benedict Methuen. Yeah, Benedict Methuen. Uh, he is a projected first round pick. He leads Arizona with 17 points per game. Uh, you got sophomore forward. As Volus Tublis, as Zolus Tublis, I believe is how you name how you say his name. He is a projected NBA uh, pick as well, and he is at 16 points per game and six rebounds per game as well. Um, I mentioned Tennessee's coming off an eight-day break, large part thanks to Memphis and and Tennessee not happening at Bridgestone Arena over the weekend. Um, first year assistant coach for Tennessee, Justin Gainey. He was an assistant coach at Arizona from 2018 to 2020. So, you know, there, there, there's a connection there, and likely that might be why Arizona is on the schedule for uh, the Volunteers is because Ganey is here. But you talk about a great, great opportunity for Tennessee. If you pick up a win on your home court against an AP Top 10 team, against the number one team in the net rankings, against a Ken Palm Top 10 team, that is going to already solidify a lot of your rankings as well. Tennessee is the number two team in adjusted defensive efficiency per Ken Palm. Um, it's one of the best defensive teams in the country. It's allowing just 85 points per game per 100 possessions. Uh, Tennessee has been lights out defensively, but it needs some more offensive consistency. 
Can it find it against Arizona tomorrow? This would be, you talk about a quality win. This would be uh, the quality of quality wins right here so far in this season. Um, Arizona scores 91 points per game. Tennessee scores 78.5. Arizona allows 62.8 points per game. Tennessee allows 57.9. Arizona shoots nearly 50% from the field at 49.7. Tennessee shoots 45.8% from the field. Arizona gets nearly 45 rebounds per game. Tennessee nearly 39. Arizona nearly 22 assists per game. Tennessee 19. Arizona has seven blocks per game on average. Tennessee just a little over five. Arizona's got eight steals per game. Tennessee with that smothering defense, almost 11 steals per game. And again, Arizona has won 11 straight. Uh, Tennessee is coming off. Uh, or Tennessee is riding a two-game win streak after that rock fight um, up uh, the Jimmy V Classic against Texas Tech. That was a loss there. So a big-time game for the University of Tennessee. It's going to be Benedict Mathurin against Kennedy Chandler, two projected NBA first-round draft picks, two point guards. Offensively, it's Benedict. Defensively, it's been Kennedy Chandler, but oh yeah, he can also play some offense as well. 14.6 points per game, shooting at almost 50% um, on the season. So a lot is on the line here for Tennessee uh, in uh, you know welcoming Arizona. Again, Arizona, number one in net rankings, number seven in Ken Palm, and of course the number six team in the country per its AP poll. All right, that's going to do it here for tonight. Can't wait to watch that game. Can't wait to uh, bring you Locked On Vols tomorrow after uh, that game is done and over with. Really, really looking forward to that. Actually, we might not get to it. I might have to record early tomorrow. If so, I do apologize, but of course, we will recap it uh, later in the week. Want to mention something real quick. Coming up on Friday's show, it will be Christmas Eve. I understand a lot of you guys will be off with your family and friends, and I'm not expecting you to listen to this at your normal listening time, but if you get a chance to listen at some point in the car late at night before Santa comes whatever on Christmas Eve. Friday's show here on Lockdown Vols is going to be Sports Santa. We do it on the radio show, but instead of making it so broad in terms of all sports and all teams and everything, it's specifically what do you want to ask Santa for uh, involving your Tennessee fandom? Would it be Tennessee to win eight games next year? Would it be Tennessee uh, to go to a New York Six Bowl game next year? Would it be uh, to have Hendon Hooker in the Heisman race? Would it be for Tennessee basketball to reach the Final Four? Asking Sports Santa your Tennessee athletics wish. That's coming up on the show on Friday. If you want to go ahead and start DMing me, tweeting me what your Sports Santa wish is, I will read it on the show coming up on Friday. I'll call for it some more throughout the week, and we'll ask for it on social media as well. Guys, thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Now check out Locked On Bets. Make that your second listen with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. That's Locked On Bet, your one-stop shop for all your sports gambling needs. All right, guys, appreciate it as always. Thanks so much for tuning in and making another Twitter Tuesday a successful show. We'll do it again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody.